Welcome to the Move Well Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Roger St. Ange, doctor of physical therapy, founder of Move Athletics Physical Therapy and Performance. Welcome back to another episode of the Move Well Radio Podcast. Today we have Jess Wiles, Coach Jess Wiles. She is our business manager, woman extraordinaire, whatever you want to call her. Uh, thanks for coming on today, Jess. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess first thing I want to say is how are you doing today? I am fantastic. It is midday and um, I actually haven't hit my midday slump yet. So we are trending in the right direction. Perfect. You need to get some more caffeine in you, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Jess does not actually drink coffee or anything like that. She just says that line. So if you're ever on the phone with her, she says, I haven't had my coffee yet. She's lying to you. Well, actually, it's true because I never have my coffee. <laughs> I guess that is also true. <laughs> so Jess, tell me a little bit about your story, how you ended up in this position and kind of your journey here so far. Okay, yeah, uh, that is that is a very interesting story. Um, so, the short version is um, I've been a CrossFit athlete for I think four years now, and probably about two and a half ish years ago, um, Doc Raj actually came to my gym and he did a shoulder mobility workshop type deal, which I attended because I have had like chronic shoulder issues for probably about six or seven years, and I was like, I need to get this figured out. And I was super, super impressed with like the whole methodology behind what Move Athletics does and really tried to keep that in mind as I moved through my CrossFit journey. And then when the pandemic hit, I saw that Move Athletics was looking for like a little admin assistant part-time type deal. And I was like, hey, I know him. I like him. I should apply for the job. And, um, it's been a year and a half, and I have gone from this little part-time position to really being in a spot to help all of our clinicians and all of our staff, you know, excel in what they do and making sure that this place continues to be the good place that it is. Yeah, you definitely are like the glue that holds this place together. Like, Aww. I don't think day-to-day -day would be as smooth and efficient as it would be. Without you in your position, um, you had mentioned that you were a CrossFit athlete for how long? Like, you ever compete? Tell me a little about that. Yeah, I compete. I um, I was on a competition team, and I was just getting to like my super duper peak fitness level in in terms of a CrossFit sphere, just as twenty twenty rolled over. So I had done one CrossFit competition um, as like an amateur partner type thing. Loved it. And, um, my, my dreams got cut down at the knees, but that's okay. I still love it. I still love lifting. I still fitness. And that's, that's the important part really. Yeah. I hear you. Um, any intention to compete in CrossFit again, or is that bygones be bygones? You know what? I would love to compete again. Um, I get nervous and for lack of a better term, I get performance anxiety, but <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really do love like getting out there and seeing what I can do and comparing myself to 
the other people in my age range. Um, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little bit older in giant air quotes and I'm about two years away from the master's category. So, which is really hard to believe that I'm, I'm going to be considered a master's in a couple of years, but I really want to kind of get myself back into the swing of things. So when I do hit the master's category, I can come in completely guns blazing and just wipe the floor with everybody. There you go. It's always good to have achievable goals in your mindset and like visual things as you go along. Um, you mentioned like you kind of got cut down at the knees when the pandemic hit, like what have you been doing in the meantime to stay active, like fit and healthy? Yeah. So like a lot of people, I started working out at home and, um, I was not in a position to buy a lot of barbells or fitness equipment. So I made do with two 35 pound dumbbells, a couple kettlebells and my weight vest. And I worked out out of the back of my car for four months, the entire summer, that first summer, I would just drive around with all of this fitness equipment in the back of my car, find a parking lot and just exercise in the parking lot. And I don't know how creepy that, that actually sounds very creepy in, <laughs> in retrospect, but, um, I did that for a little bit. And then once things started opening up, um, I continued to lift in like a globo gym and I started boxing and recently I have started jujitsu, which is like super fun. Um, I never thought being turned into a pretzel would be fun, but here we are. So I once had jujitsu described to me as a forceful yoga or non-voluntary yoga. So you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely sympathize with that being forced into positions that you don't necessarily want to be for entertainment and sport, not necessarily yes. anything. But, um, that being said, like, sounds like you stay active on a variety of methods. Like what kind of lessons has that taught you in terms of like staying active without like any direction or plan or like when you don't have anything necessarily like established? Yeah, that's, that's hard. Cause like, believe it or not, as much as I'm into fitness now, I actually went from being like a varsity high school athlete to doing absolutely nothing in college because I didn't have direction. So I can, I can definitely sympathize with people or empathize with people who have fallen off. And then conversely, this past pandemic, I really didn't have a direction. It was hard because like, I want a goal. And I guess I had to make a goal for myself instead of having my coach say, well, we're prepping for this meet or we're prepping for that competition. And I guess I kind of said to myself, well, your goal is to stay active. That's really it. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could go for bike rides. I went for so many bike rides. I learned how to skateboard. Um, my husband dragged me running a few times, which I complained every single time we went out. But my goal was just to stay active. And I didn't want to become complacent. So that was like the thing that I kind of latched onto was just move. Right on, right on. It's kind of in our name as a company. We practice what we preach and whatever methodology that we can do to do that, like, you know, we got to do it. Um, you had mentioned before you were a CrossFit coach for a couple of years. Like, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about the journey of like going through like certifications for a CrossFit coach and stuff like that. Yeah. So certifications, um, in and of itself, I actually do not have my CrossFit level one, um, which I'm sure all of you CrossFit coaches are like, oh, bless the bee. But, um, I actually had my CPT, and, um, I coached a variety of, of, group classes. 
So that, that in and of itself was actually a fairly simple process, but the, the way I got there was really interesting. Um, cause I had no intention of coaching at all when I joined the CrossFit gym. When I joined the CrossFit gym, I was probably about a hundred pounds soaking wet. And I was like, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go out and join CrossFit. I don't know what this is. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I'm pretty sure when I walked into the door about as thin as a string bean, all of the coaches were like, who is this? And does she going to get blown over by the wind? But, um, when I started really getting into it, I saw like there was a lot of technical aspects to it. And my gym was going to start like a CrossFit kids program. And they're like, well, we like how you're very technically minded. I'm like, good. Cause, um, there are some skills that I just don't have finger guns. And, um, they wanted me to kind of start with their kids. And I found out that I really loved coaching the kids. And I was like, oh, I could like do this. So the more I worked with the kids, the more I kind of inserted myself into other coaching situations, learned how to coach. And then I said to them like, hey, I have my certification. I just went out and did it. You don't, you didn't have to tell me anything. If you need a coach, I will coach. And then I ended up coaching. Nice. So. Very nice. What was kind of the biggest obstacle in your way of like learning all these new techniques and these different things that were essentially you becoming like a good CrossFit coach? A lot of trial and error. Um, there, I, I'm very much an introvert, right? Like I will be the first person to tell you like big parties, not me, big crowds, not me, which is really surprising considering I like competitions. They're really, really fun to go to, but I have to like recharge for four days <laughs> after going to one of those things. And for me, it was just learning to project myself and have what I call my camp counselor voice, where it's like you can really get your voice out without screaming at someone. And oh boy, do you sometimes want to scream at people? But it's just like it's room management and learning to be confident in what you're saying because you know what you're talking about. Um, I talked to a lot of different coaches about their coaching styles, and I probably nagged a lot of people like, why do you do this? Well, why do you do that? And what's the purpose of whatever it is you're doing? And really got to the root of their coaching techniques. And whatever I like, I stole. I was like, oh, I like how he moves around and looks at everybody and checks in with every single person more than a couple of times per class. I'm like, I'm stealing that. So I found stuff that coaches that I did, I liked did, and then I stole those things. Nice. If yeah. that makes sense. No, it does. It's like being a chameleon, just adjusting to your environment, blending in. Well, not necessarily blending in, but taking in what you need to uh, be better at what you do. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Like, how long has it been since you've coached CrossFit? Um, mm, probably about a year or so now. But um, I, yeah, it's been about a year or so, which makes me sad. Yeah. Any intention to get back to it? Absolutely. I cannot wait until I can find a place to uh, put my roots down again. Because, you know, the, the CrossFit community, as much as as much flack as it gets sometimes, um, there's a really good group of people in this area that I really love spending time with and kind of consider them my second family. And the fact that I don't get to see them a lot kind of makes me sad. So the second there's a spot, I'm going to be like, I'm going here. Come with me. <laughs> Yeah. That being said, like, it sounds like this is like kind of grassroots for you. 
built something you built from like the ground up, maybe not so like a community itself, but like within yourself, like in terms of like learning all these new skills and like building new confidence in these things. Like where do you see yourself like taking something like this? Do you find yourself doing like personal training, opening your own gym someday? Like where do you see yourself going? I used to want to open up my own gym and I said to myself, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to run a business. The irony of that statement is never lost on me, <laughs> given given what I do here. Um, and I, I definitely want to keep coaching. I don't ever see myself not coaching, but I don't think it would go beyond like coaching a couple classes a week at this point. Um, just because I do have here to manage, so to speak. But um, given that I do, I, I do want to have a space for not just like my second family to lift, but my second family to, if they ever get injured, to come. I want them to come here, if I'm being completely honest. Like, come see us. We'll help you out. So what I really would love to do is help build a space through Move Athletics to like be like, hey, you, you're in this CrossFit sphere. We're in this CrossFit sphere. And just have this nice kind of flow of things. You can't see it listeners, but I am making a lot of hand motions right now. <laughs> my downfall is I talk with my hands. But um, yeah, I just really want to continue to foster, I guess, more of the community than the actual location, if that makes any level of sense. It does to me. Okay. It sounds like a great ambition to have, and obviously it benefits us to <laughs> have some kind of fingers out in the community and all that kind of thing, and more power to you if that's what you want to do. Uh before we move on to the next topic, I just want to ask, yeah. what is your favorite move to coach? Oh, it's – so I think, I think I'm going to pick three because there's three different modalities in CrossFit, right? There is running – or not running, but monostructural cardio. There is weightlifting and there's gymnastics. For monostructural cardio, I love teaching double unders. Like I am one of those complete psychos that managed to figure out double unders within my, within my first month of CrossFit – and a lot of people at the gym did not like me for that. <laughs> so I love trying to teach people the doubles. For reference, I've been doing CrossFit for four months now and still can't do more than two consecutively. So if that puts any perspective to it, yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, you people end up looking like they've been attacked by a weed whacker. <laughs> so I want to help people avoid that. Um, so that's my favorite monostructural. My favorite weightlifting is definitely the clean and jerk. Like, it's just this, once you figure it out and you see someone PR, they're clean and jerk. It's just like the best feeling in the world. Um, and then for gymnastics, I love teaching uh, just strict pull-ups. Like, I don't even care. Like, again, blasphemy, but I don't care about kipping pull-ups. I don't care about bar muscle-ups. I care about, like, your strict pull-up. So I love helping people figure that out. All right, cool. Now there has to be an inverse side of every question like that. What are your least favorite moves to coach in CrossFit? Mm. Let's see. Um, I hate coaching running. I just, I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Especially with the, like the mile runs and stuff like that. I'll just sit in the gym and be like, when are they coming back? <laughs> <laughs> and some people take so long. It's no, it's not a knock on them. It's just like, not all people are runners. <laughs> so like their mile run is like 13, 14 minutes long. I'm like, are you okay? Where'd you go? <laughs> Can't, do you need me to come get you? 
so there's that. Um, I do not like teaching. Um, I don't really like teaching toast to bar no. either. Not really. Because it's one thing to know how your body does it. It's another thing to explain to someone how to use their body. And it's like, I just cannot find a proper way to coach toast to bar. I will figure it out one day. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. And then, then weightlifting deadlifts are surprisingly difficult to teach because people want to just like grip and rip. And there's a lot of intricacies to that. Very true. Very true. Something that we struggle with here too. Yeah. A lot of people have back pain with deadlifts. It's just like, why does my back hurt in deadlifts? Well, because you just try and lift too much weight with poor form. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those things. Those are great insights to have. And yeah. Always love the inner mechanisms of a coach's mind and kind of figure out what they're doing versus what you're doing. Um, being said, like, what are some of your like hobbies, interests outside of the world of fitness? Like, just because I know you as a person, I can kind mm-hmm. of probe these and all this <laughs> kind of thing. But like, where do your interests lie outside of the business of Muth Athletics and the world of fitness? Yeah. Um, so if you've never met me, um, this will be fine. But if you've met me and it might come as a surprise, I'm a giant nerd. Like Dungeons and Dragons and MMORPGs. I love video games. I love all of the nerdy stuff. Um, I'm a big, I like drawing and painting and stuff like that. But um, I like to go on hikes and, but it's mostly nerdy stuff. A lot of nerd stuff. That being said, you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Like MMORPGs. Like, Mm -hmm. where are your favorites on that? What are your favorites on those lists? Ooh, so. For tabletops, it's definitely like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I like playing characters that are the complete opposite of, of me personally. Um, I can never be a mean person, ever. Like I'm always like this slightly grumpy, if not very nice person, and I'm always this big tank of a character who protects everybody. That's just kind of what I like to play there. Um, and then I was really big into World of Warcraft for the longest time. I played that for... Oh, gosh, like 10 years before I stopped, which was wild. I don't think I've ever played anything that long before. What made you stop? Um, I don't have time to devote to grinding up to level 120 now, I think they're at. I think they're at 110, 120. And uh, I have other things to do. Fair enough. <laughs> I have barely enough time to sleep sometimes. Well... We know that that is one of those things that does not lend itself to having healthy sleep and eating habits is gaming for many, many hours, a long a period of like three to four days where you've <laughs> slept four hours and haven't done anything but consume like, not to be stereotypical in that South of Arc episode, but like Mountain Dew and Doritos yep. and Cheetos I and mean, all the, that. The thing is like the stereotypes exist for a reason. Like I was a big gamer in college, which I think is part of the reason why I fell off my fitness was because I was part of what's called a progressive raiding guild in uh, World of Warcraft. And it was like the newest content. It was all really difficult. And a lot of the people I played with were in California. So they're like, all right, we're going to start raiding at 6 p.m. our time. I'm like, great. That's 9 p.m. my time. (laughs) So we'd spend like four hours just trying to clear this dungeon. I'm like, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I have to go to class at 8 (laughs) a.m. They were just getting started, I bet. Yeah, and I was like, like, I uh, need, I need to leave. Yeah, 
I'm going to see myself out here. Yep. Cool. Uh, aside from like video games and like tabletop games, anything mm-hmm. else that piques your interest? Um, I, everything. Like I want to, I want to try everything. Right. So I'm really big into crafting. So I have made prop weapons before, like life-size prop weapons. I have made costumes for not me, but other people. Um, I've tried my hand at building stuff. Like I have built decks and I have built um, tables and stuff like that just because I can. Um, And yeah, I, I will try anything once. Mostly, unless it's like jumping out of an airplane. Well, I will not do skydiving. Why is that? Um, an immense fear of heights and planes. Not not a fan of that. Well, definitely understand that. <laughs> Probably won't be jumping out of a plane anytime in my life anytime soon. But uh, that being said, like uh, with your like crafts and like mm-hmm. DIY, so to speak, like, yeah. You anything you're working on currently that you want to share? Um. Yeah, I mean, so before, uh, probably about three or four months ago, I built a life-sized prop axe, which I'm very proud of. Um, it's still sitting in my workshop waiting to be painted because uh, I, I don't have the paints for it. But um, so there's that. And then I'm also working on, uh, fun fact, I'm working on starting my own little art business and using a lot of the skills I've actually learned here to make sure that I'm successful in the long run. So it's basically watercolor painting and stuff like that. And just laying the groundwork for all of that has been, I guess, a hobby. You, what did you call that a hobby at this point? Or I don't know. Yeah, if you get, if you intend on getting paid for it, I would consider that like somewhat of an occupation. Okay. If it's not off the ground yet, maybe it's just prospect. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think you can call that an occupation at this point. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I was a hobbyist artist for, Pretty much since I could draw, I could draw at what, four. Well, I don't know when kids learn to write now. Parents, feel free to correct me. But um, <laughs> I don't know children. <laughs> but um, I've always wanted to open up my own art business. And for one reason or another, whether it was just lack of knowledge or lack of motivation, um, never did it. But now I'm like, hey, I am in a spot where I can do this. And I'm confident enough in my business skills that I can probably make headway with this. So nice. that's a big project that I've been working on lately. What do you intend on like drawing? Are you plan on like taking commissions of what, whatever anyone requests or like you going to make art and then sell it that way? Like what's your plan there? Yeah, it's, it's more of the second option um, or second example that you gave is I plan on doing a lot of original works um, and then selling those, um, tying it back to the nerd thing. Like a lot of nerds love art of their either favorite characters or their Dungeons and Dragons characters. I have done a lot of um, commissions for D&D characters before. And what I'd love to do is get that up and running so that people can have really nice art of the characters that they really love and make it really look really classy on their walls. So There you go. Yeah. Anything you would never draw or would refuse a commission about? Um, nothing that I can say on live <laughs> air. All right. <laughs> All right. There's I not mean, like one particular character you're like, oh, I hate them so much. I would mm, never do it. I have a hard time with uh, what are called mecha characters. So like Transformers. 
Um, anything that is metal, like cars, stuff like that. Like, I can't draw a straight line to save my life. Like, it's always really sketchy and looks really bad. So, yeah, probably more like robots and stuff. Don't really like robots. Gotcha. My brother growing up, he was, I don't want to say he was an artist, but he did like art stuff and he always said hands for him. Oh, hands yeah. are the worst. Hands are so hard. Um, hands aren't bad now for me. It's like feet. And, like, where the ankle bone kind of meets the actual foot. It's like I, you just have to practice over and over and over again. It's like any skill, right? So you suck at hands, for example. You have to draw hands to be good at hands. And we're going to tie it back to fitness because this is what we do. You know, if you have a skill that you suck at, don't avoid the skill. Do the skill and you will get better at the skill. Right. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Practice makes perfect is not just a phrase that is used for that whatever you take it will be. It's yeah. said it's, for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, cool. So we got a little insight about your journey through fitness. We got a little insight about your journey through like extracurriculars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is there any intention like within your journey from now until the day you are buried in the ground to bridge that gap between the fitness world and kind of your nerdy world? Mm. Uh, Believe it or not, I have this nugget of an idea and I don't know when I'm going to implement it. I don't know if I'm going to implement it, but what I would love to do is um, really tap into this cross section, I think is the word I'm looking for, of people that are kind of nerdy and they want to get fit, but they don't know how. So I, I call it in my little brain, it's a working title called Nat 20 Fitness. And Nat 20 is when you roll a 20-sided dice and it rolls on a 20. That means it's the best score possible. And the aim of this little nugget of an idea is to have like a book and some like Dungeons and Dragons themed programs put together for people who want to like increase their cardio, just lose some general weight or learn to box or learn to do this. So it's like if you have a weightlifting program, you call it like the barbarian or something. Because when you think of a barbarian, think of this big yoked dude, right? If you want to have a more like general purpose, you know, lose some weight, up your cardio, get a little bit of muscle, you call it like the ranger. And, you know, it's like this nice, athletic looking person and, you know, just bridge that gap between the, the nerds who want to get fit and the fitness community, because like, it's hard as a nerd. I'm going to get a little personal with you for a second, but it's like, it's super hard as a nerd because it's like, nerds can't get fit or all gym bros or meatheads. And we know that's not true, right? You can be a gym person and not be a total meathead and you can be a nerd and not be that South Park stereotype of like super overweight living in your mom's basement. And I would really like to facilitate that for people one day. I don't know if I'd get there, but it's something that I've always thought about doing. I don't know if I would or not though. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Just a little curiosity on my end. Like when you're saying like, oh, I'm going to have like these different classes or however you want to describe them. Like, Mm -hmm. Are you going to like plan workouts for them? Or are you just going to give them like motivation to do something like that? Like, 
are you going to do one of those things where you like roll a die and it's like, oh, it landed on a 15. I got to do 15 pushups kind of. What? That what sounds is fun your, as hell, actually. Yeah. <laughs> What's your plan with that? So each, uh, each class would be its own like 12-week um, periodized workout. So say you start off with your basic adventurer workout. That's like your base introductory program. You get through that. And then once you get through those 12 weeks, then it's like, okay, well, once you finish that, you have two options. You have your, um, I'm going to, I'm kind of making this up on the spot, but I'm just trying to give an example. It's like, you have your more dexterity based, you have your more strength based and you have your more like endurance based. So do you want to run faster? If you want to run faster, you're going to pick the ranger. If you want to lift heavier, you're going to pick the barbarian. And if you want to, what was the last one that I said? I, I don't remember. No <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but the point is that like you pick these archetypes and then you go through another 12-week program. And then from there, you can get even more specific. Like once you finish your general barbarian for weightlifting, you have like, do you want to do powerlifting? Do you want to do strongman? Do you want to do Olympic lifting? And it's like kind of a choose your own adventure type thing where you finish that 12 week program. If you want to do it again, then it's like, okay, cool. I'll redo the barbarian program and then maybe go on to like the Viking program or something. Does that? Yeah. That, okay. That kind of clarifies a little bit better for me. I was just curious, okay. like if it was like personal training, but mm-hmm. in this like guise of let's make this entertaining to your interests. Yeah. It, it's kind of like personal training. It's kind of like when people write those pre written programs, um, I'm trying to think of the person who who does it. There's a there's a guy who's actually kind of in that nerdy fitness sphere already, um, and he takes um, anime characters. He's like, this is the Goku workout. This is the Rock Lee workout. And it's like, if you want to get buff like Goku, this is how you do it. And it's just the, this pre-written 12-week program. So that's kind of the idea is it's these pre-written programs with a specific modality in mind. And then – there would be, you know, options to like, if you can't do this, then you can always modify to this, this, or this. But it's more like you have to do it yourself. Gotcha. Sort of. So. Gotcha. Any tension for like nutrition-based stuff like within that time period? Or oh, within gosh, that no. Like- um, my own personal tr- nutrition is absolute garbage. I would not feel comfortable coaching anyone on nutrition um, <laughs> because I am of the mind that I need to be able to exemplify the things that I am telling people to do. And um, if I'm over here eating four protein bars, one hot chocolate, and uh, maybe a cracker throughout my entire day, I, I am in no way, shape, or form should be giving advice on nutrition to anybody else. Fair enough. I hear you there. Feel free to give Jess shit anytime online about her nutrition because she's not lying when it's four nutrition bars or protein bars a day. Yep. Feel free to stop on it and tell her about it too. And if you can give her advice. Give or her lunch. Advice. Or bring me lunch. Very true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, um, sounds like this idea you've referenced it as nugget earlier. It sounds like it's, it's very infancy of kind of what it could be into reality, mm-hmm. so to speak. So. Do you have like a time frame on that? Like if anyone's interested in that at this point in time, like what would you tell them? 
Uh, if anyone's interested right now, um, bless, first of all. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm always, I'm always happy to give people like general fitness advice. Um, I actually chat with a lot of my friends, um, both people that I see on the regular and people that I haven't spoken to in, I don't know, 13 years. We chat fitness and running all the time. So I am always happy to chat fitness and give some direction. I just don't have any sort of programming put together. It's just like I have a Word document and some bullet points. And that's as far as I've gotten. Very fair enough. Sometimes things take priority and it doesn't sound like it's a huge priority on your list, but we'll definitely keep you updated and posted <laughs> on that. Maybe 2028. 20, yeah. I got to get the art business up and going first. All right, cool. Well, we are running short on time here. Okay. Rapid fire question time. Okay. What is your favorite breakfast food? Favorite breakfast food um, that is not a protein bar would be pancakes. Cool. What, what kind of pancakes are we talking? Are we talking like with the syrup and the butter or like just like plain Jane pancakes? Fluffy buttermilk pancakes, occasionally with chocolate chips in them. Cool. Favorite book of all time? Frankenstein. 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 Ooh. Not written by a man. Not written by a man. Especially for the time frame it was in. Yes. I have like five copies of the book. Are so. any of them signed by? Mary Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she died in what, like I, 1860. You know what? If I could dig one up, that would be amazing. And I would frame it and I would never take it off my wall. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite TV show, including whatever genre of TV show you consider to be a TV show. That That is like asking me to pick my favorite child um you have this is non-negotiable um we're gonna go with most influential um because i have a lot of favorites but um i'm gonna say dragon ball z okay why is that because um it's uh it actually kicked my butt into gear to get fit okay yeah which was it vegeta it was vegeta Vegeta. of course (laughs) all right uh Stemming from that, favorite movie. Oh, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball and say Event Horizon. I have no idea what that is. It is a horror movie set in space. So alien. It's not though. It's about like interdimensional eldritch horrors and the ship itself becoming semi sentient and driving all of the crew insane. So Alien meets 2001 in Space Odyssey. Probably. Okay, got you there. (laughs) Um, All right, cool. Now we know a little bit more about you. If anyone were to want to follow you on social media or contact you, like, where could they find you? Um, Well, I live here in the in the office. Um, (laughs) On the top of the uh, squat rack. I do, um, like a little like a little gremlin. But um, my social media is um, I have an Instagram that I'm fairly active on um it is littlest valkyrie um and that's like my primary form of of social media is just the instagram all right cool well thank you so much for coming on today jess we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us and everyone who's listening out appreciate you all right well if you have any questions for us feel free to contact us at, at move athletics pt on instagram facebook wherever you can find us you'll probably chat with me yeah you will chat with either jess or becca who's going to be coming on soon yeah. and we will get going from there all right thanks everyone for listening we'll catch you soon love you bye
Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at MoveAthleticsPT so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from me, make sure that you follow at MoveAthleticsPT on Instagram and Facebook and then subscribe to the Move Athletics newsletter at www.MoveAthleticsPT.com. All right, guys. Catch you next episode.